Hello and welcome once again to our daily devotional podcast. Several weeks ago, I talked about why it was so important for us to allow God to examine our hearts, to search our hearts, to reveal to us the real conditions of our hearts. That's what we want to talk about today once again. The passage that I'll be reading is Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 12. It's a story about a false prophet called Elymas. Let's listen to the word. Before that, let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us. But not only to speak your truths to us, Lord, but stir in our hearts a desire to have you search us and to reveal what we are really like. That we may not deceive ourselves and think that we are deceiving others as well but that we may live transparently before you and transparently before others and most of all, transparently before ourselves. Speak, Lord, we pray, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 12. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a long-time friend, lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intensely at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred. Excuse me. And he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you remember the story, Aesop's fable about the Empress New Clothes? While an emperor who was very vain wanted a set of new clothes that would that, that would be so spectacular that would amaze and daze his citizens. And so he called upon a tailor to make him a set of new clothes. The tailor, being a fraud, told the emperor that he would make him a set of clothes that would be so dazzling that everyone who saw him would, would gawk at him. 
but he himself would not be able to see his own clothes. And so after many, many days, the tailor told the emperor, your clothes are now ready. Remember, while you don't see any of your clothes, everyone looking upon you will be dazzled by what they see. And so the day before the emperor appeared in his new clothes, news was spread to the whole city, the whole nation, that the emperor would appear in the best clothes ever, nothing that anyone had seen before. And he would look, look splendid in those clothes. The day, the morning, the emperor rode out in his royal vehicle. He appeared stark naked. But everyone was too ashamed, too afraid, too polite to tell him that he was wearing nothing. All many of them thought that they were seeing, they were not seeing the right things because the tailor had said that only the special people would be able to see him with his clothes. And everyone then proclaimed how glorious the emperor looked. Until a young boy who had probably not heard the news and had not been fed this propaganda shouted, Look, the emperor is stark naked. Emperor has no clothes. This parable is about us and how easily we are deceived into thinking that we can deceive others. And this is the story of Elimas. It is also the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. How easily we deceive ourselves into thinking that we can deceive others. But in these two events, God revealed to these people the conditions of their hearts, what they were really like. Elimas was thought that he was able to fool even the proconsul. Proconsul was like a um, leader of the community. And Elimas was with him, the Bible says. He had the ear of the proconsul. The proconsul listened to him and perhaps was very much influenced by him. Elimas was a false prophet. He was a magician. He did things that amazed people, that dazzled people. And while some people might have thought that <clears throat> Elimas was teaching things that were not honest, they were too polite, too afraid, too ashamed of themselves perhaps, to dispute with him. I've often been accosted or approached by false prophets who say things like, the Lord told me this and the Lord told me that. And I don't know how you feel about it, but sometimes it's very hard to dispute it. When someone comes to you and says, the Lord told me this, and you feel like it's hard to dispute, that it's hard to say, well, I don't believe you. Because inside us, there's a fear that tells us, well, I may be opposing the Holy Spirit. How can I tell this person that he's a liar? And often then we politely assent to them, or even worse, we agree with them, or we allow what they say to strike fear into us. Strangely, while I was working in prison, I was very much into, into uh, charismatic circles. And ever so often people would come to me with prophecies, whether they were prisoners or volunteers who came, and they would say things like, the Lord has told me, that this is what's happening to you. The Lord has told me that this is what you're doing. And then seeking to gain influence with me. I've even seen 
junior officers manipulate senior officers by telling them that the Lord had spoken to them and this was a prophetic word. And I saw so much manipulation in the church. I saw so much manipulation by Christian to Christian. But it's not just false prophecy. Often it's us presenting a false picture of who we are, of the things that are in our hearts. Remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? They were not generous people, they were hard in their hearts, but they wanted everyone to believe that they were generous people. And so there was a duality in their lives, what they were and what they presented to people, what they wanted people to believe, were miles apart. Just like the emperor with his new clothes, he was stark naked. He wanted everyone to see him, he wanted to believe himself, that he, to believe him that he was wearing the most dazzling clothes. And we move about fooling, trying, thinking that we can fool others. What if, what if the Lord were to show us the true condition of our lives and of our hearts? In and the case of Ananias and Sapphira, it was a brutal way. But what Peter said to them was this, you try to deceive the Holy Spirit. They were trying to deceive people, but they were thinking that nobody would find them out, that they could hide the reality of their lives, and people would think otherwise. And they thought then that the Holy Spirit and Peter would not know either. But the Holy Spirit made plain what Ananias and Sapphira really were, that they were dead in their sins. That a person who is completely split, he is one thing and he wants others to think that he is another, is simply a corpse, a person who is not living life at all. He is neither himself nor, nor is he the image of what people, what he wants people to think of him. Such was a dead man. And so, the Holy Spirit laid bare what this couple really looked like, two corpses. In the case of Elymas then, as Paul looked at him, stared him in the eye, and then said to him, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? People believed Elimas, or they even if they didn't, they were too afraid to oppose him. The proconsul was confused. Here he was hearing the word of truth from Paul and it resonated with him, but there he wondered if this great magician was correct also, because the magician could do good things, great things, magic. And the proconsul was afraid. Peter looked at Elymas and declared, outed him in a sense, declared what he was, that he was a worker, the son of the devil, the enemy of righteousness, full of deceit and villainy. And then the Holy Spirit revealed to Elymas, made clear to him the condition of his life, that he was blind. By making him physically blind, the message that the Holy Spirit was sending to Elimas was this, Know for yourself 
that you are blind. Know for yourself that you do not know the truth, that you cannot see, that you cannot see the light at all. The hope in this case is that Elamas would be confronted with his own sinfulness, would turn and repent. You see, we are very liable to self-deception and deception of others. Self-deception in the sense that we may know what we are doing is wrong, and yet believing that others and even the Holy Spirit, even God, can be deceived by us. Listen to what John the Apostle said, or the, or the Spirit of God said to the church in, in Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17. This was the passage where the Holy Spirit said to the church that they were neither hot nor cold. But in verse 17, Holy Spirit indicted the, the church and said this, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. The church had deceived itself to such an extent that they thought that they had everything that they needed, they were rich, they were prosperous. They had blinded themselves, deceived themselves from the fact that they were wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. It's a condition that's a very human condition, that we live our lives in duality. On the one hand, we live our lives in great poverty, but we project to others that we live an abundant life, a rich life, a good life, thinking that we could deceive others and at the same time deceiving ourselves. It's a very sad state of affairs for many of us. And I know for myself that often I struggle with this too, who I really am and who I want people to believe I am. And after a while, I can't even tell who I am because I am thinking that I am the persona that I project to others. The reality is far from real. But let me give you this assurance that if you sincerely ask God to reveal the truth of yourself to yourself first, God will do so gently. We do not need to be in the position of Elimus where God had to show it to us starkly and call us out for who we are and what we are. We can ask God to search our hearts. Psalm 139 in that very much loved song, Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wickedness in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, if we sincerely ask God and struggle with God and say, God, show me the truth about myself, God will indeed show it to us. Let me end with a story of a personal experience. Many years ago, about 20 years ago, I had preached a sermon to my church about regaining our first love. And I preached it very passionately. But as after I finished preaching, I came back to my room and I cried to God and said, I don't know what on earth I've preached. Because I have talked about regaining, re reclaiming our first love. I haven't the faintest idea what it means to love you first, to have loved you at all. 
And I struggled with that because in my heart I was very empty. While my words were good, my heart was empty. And I said to God, God, I don't even know what it means to love you anymore, much less remember what my first love was. And this thought bothered me for several days. And then I went for a gathering, a Christian gathering, the one that gathers once a year in Malacca, the Love Singapore movement. And during one of the talks, the speaker came and he said, well, I have no message for you today, but come forward. Uh, he called for pastors to come forward and someone from behind pushed me forward and I went there. And then he said, well, fall on your knees and let the Holy Spirit deal with you. I was very cynical then as I was wondering what on earth this man, this preacher didn't even prepare his sermon and he was telling us the Holy Spirit told him not to preach a sermon. <clears throat> but anyway, as instructed, I just knelt down. <clears throat> and then suddenly I began to have flashbacks of a time much earlier when I was a youth in my teens. No, I wasn't in my teens, I was in my early 20s. And how I loved God so passionately. I remember how I walked with God. I took long, long walks with God. Very often, I would even get off the bus, many bus stops before my destination and take the time to walk to my destination just so I could have a chance to talk to God. I found every opportunity I could to have a conversation with God. But in that flashback, I didn't only just see those scenes in my eyes, in my mind's eye, I felt those emotions too. Suddenly, the flood of emotions just came upon me. How I felt towards God, how much I loved our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my mind and said, Mingli, what has happened? I miss you very much. I just broke down and wept and wept and wept as I remembered how much I loved God and how I had forgotten those feelings and how now, then my heart was dry and empty once again. And all I could do for the next two hours was to say, God, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I've forgotten. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I wasn't just sorry because I had hurt God. I was very sorry for what I had lost. A love that was so intense and so beautiful with God. But what God was doing in His mercy was to show me the condition that I was in. I had an empty heart and I was preaching about a depth of love for God that I no longer had, that I had forgotten all this time. And God wanted to show me what it was again. And that experience has reminded me again and again that God is willing to reveal to us the condition of our hearts, the condition of our lives. But we must want to know it and we must stop trying to project what we are not to others, to deceive ourselves and to deceive others. Because it's true that the deceiver is always around trying to cause us to think that we can live lives of self-deception and deceiving others as well. But God does want us to know the truth of ourselves, that He may place His hand upon us and heal us and restore our lives. What it takes is for us to be still before the Lord, to ask Him to change our hearts, to examine our hearts first, and then to change our hearts. 
Shall we pray? Let me now guide you in a time of prayer. First of all, open your hands towards heaven. Just, just lift them up. Or turn them around, your open palms upwards. Place them on your lap if you're in public. And then say to God, God, let me no longer deceive myself. Let me stop deceiving others about myself as well. But help me to know the truth about myself, my condition. Help me to know what my heart really is like. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts, and know my heart today. And God then reveal it to me gently, that you may turn me away from deception and from sin, that I may be truly your beloved child, one who loves you, one who is transparent to you and to myself. Father, search me and let me know what I am. Take some time then to pause and let God speak to you. But these revelations may not take place right away. They may take place over days, over weeks. But if you are sincerely asking God to show you what you're like, that you may then be purified and drawn closer to God. And if this is your desire, then God will do so for you. Well then, have a blessed day and continue to work, walk with the Lord. Thank you, God bless, and goodbye.